500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the phantom the ghost who walks the phantom enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds G'day everyone, for those who came in late, you're listening to Expand the Phantom Podcast. This is episode 118 apparently, uh, we're flying along. Uh, comics and news episode, my name is Dan Fraser and tonight I am joined by the entire crew. It's been a while since we got Yay. together. Boys, uh, Jermaine, welcome along. Thanks mate, welcome listeners. And Stephen, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got you as well. G'day, g'day Dan, g'day Jermaine, g'day all, Help, hope everyone's well. Mate, um, boys, I am just so delighted to be talking to you. This is the first podcast that I think we've ever recorded where my football team is above your football teams on the AFL ladder. I am delighted. <laughs> you keep talking like that, I'm going to hang up. <laughs> I, I'm actually jealous, Stephen, because next weekend, as we record this, um, <laughs> my boys are down in your neck of the woods playing against the Bulldogs. So uh, They, I, they I, are. If I was in Ballarat, I'd be getting along to to see the team. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, my sister's going. I saw my sister the other day. She's a she's a um, Lions fan. She was a Bears fan back in the day. She's a Lions fan now, and yeah, she's got her tickets. She's off to the footy next week. Well, why wouldn't you but, be um, there? A top four to- team, and they're flying. Yeah, it should be a good game. Doggies doing all, doing all right, and I tell you what, the the doggies are foray in the Ballarat's going all right. We had um, I went to Auskick the other day, and I was with my. Uh, with Jeremy, the, my little prep fella, and yeah, there was a, a lot of prep kids wearing Bulldogs jumpers. So uh, oh, there you go. Bulldog, Bulldogs coming to Ballarat has done all right, but um, go go Lions. Yeah, giddy up, giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not going to talk about the round one result, are we, Jermaine? Uh, no, we've already talked about that. Hey, we could Let's make, move we could, on. We could talk about it again. <laughs> Uh, that's right. we, we we tend to do this at times in the AFL season, and um, the way we're going, I'm going to try and bring it up most weeks, but uh, as it stands, <laughs> we do need to remember, I need to remember that we're not a football podcast, we're a fandom podcast, and so we need to talk about things fandom, and there's perhaps one, uh, well, there's, there's, the Lions winning a lot of games over the last month has been very exciting for me, but perhaps something that's <laughs> more exciting has been the uh, the Phantom board game, Treasures of Dracon Kickstarter, which has taken place and and it'll been for some of us more than others, but it's been a little bit more a bit a little bit all consuming over the last month or so, wouldn't you say? <laughs> it has been. It has been. How many times? How many times a day do you reckon you would have uh, clicked? the link and click the tally and clicked on the kick track and the bigger cake links and all that. Uh, I probably wasn't doing the kick track and the bigger cake until the last week or so, but I was checking the app. Yeah, probably six or seven times a day to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Stephen? <laughs> um, the last day I was looking at it, I don't know, had it open. Up until then, I don't know, I'd check it once a week. <laughs> I've got a life, fellas. I've got a... <laughs> well, uh, uh, Jermaine, how many times a day? Probably a couple of times a week I'd probably have a look at it. Yeah, Once yeah I probably what the password was. Probably <laughs> similar as you are, Dan. You know, a few, 
a minimum five times a day and you know do the <laughs> analysis and stuff like that but uh it was, it was well see the thing is i've got three <laughs> screens at work so oh, i can geez. have i can have two screens for work and then the screen to the side <laughs> i have you know my feeds that stuff my chats and you know everything else going on so you know um just don't tell the wife i can do more than one thing at a time because <laughs> i've uh, trained her to think that i can only do one thing at a time so so well, no one let her know otherwise the, the exciting thing about all of it obviously is that it is confirmed it is official the board game was mm. funded um with about yes. uh, i can't remember now off the top of my head but about, with about four days to go i'm going to say we yeah, passed the 51,000 k mark which was the all important need to get that one to get funded and so the board game is going to happen there was a, a few stretch goals reached probably not as many as we we might have hoped um but uh the, but the, the board game is go and um yes. now it's just the waiting game to get it produced and and hopefully in time for the uh, uh the nominated public or produ- production date of december this year yeah, and what we were are those uh, stretch goals? Do you remember? There was the right the now. red, the blue, the blue and the red slipcase, slip which case. they've now decided they're going to do both. So we don't have to make a decision; we get both. No, that was that was two stretch goals. So they were. Yeah, yeah, but it, originally it was only going to be. Yeah, originally it was going to be that you choose which colour. But then they've just then they changed it to be that you get both. Okay, that's not how I understood it. That's all right. Oh, okay. Well, I'm we'll get them. <laughs> we'll get them on the podcast, and um, we are planning on getting them on the podcast. Uh, Dale taking a little bit of a sabbatical. Um, <laughs> to get over leave, his stomach. <laughs> yeah, yes. Get over the stomach ulcers and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, when they get back, we'll. Um, We'll organise a podcast and we'll fully dissect it all. But um, yeah, it was the two. It was the two slipcases. Uh, I believe it was one universe card, which was the Waldo one, yes. and then also the solo game pieces. Yeah, and there was uh, one other um, stretch oh, yeah, goal, yeah, which the... was the the upgrade of the cards. So the yeah. the cards are going to be a um, one hundred and twenty. GSM black core card rather than the 90 GSM white core, which uh, so my understanding is the 120 black core is the highest quality card that people use in, in card games. So um, yeah. that's that's probably pretty cool, especially since um, some of us, not everybody, but some of us are actually going to play the game and, um, yes. <laughs> and are going to want the cards to last. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, but I, that's but I think very, that, yep. That, that solo um, goal, the, probably of those five, the solo campaign goal is is my favourite, um, and I'm yep. really pleased we met we met that because that's the Kid Phantom Mini is now going to be included um, as well as it says here a guard token bag and new card art. So um, yeah, so yeah. so that's exciting. So that uh, the, the the total in the end fifty one thousand Australian dollars was the goal and sixty three. Thousand two hundred and forty-four Australian goal dollars was achieved, so that's about one hundred and twenty-four percent of the uh, of the goal. So, um, so definitely coming out. A- any reflections on the campaign, Stephen? I'll ask you first because, uh, as someone who probably didn't check in as often, um, what what was your perspective of how the campaign went and uh, how it all unfolded for you? Um, well, never having used Kickstarter before, I thought 
and having nothing to base it on, I thought it went well. Like um, the the updates that we were getting, mm. I thought were informative and regular, yep. which um, I thought were uh, two ticks there. Um, I was just a little bit annoyed with myself that I couldn't. I, I, I had to bank a check, but I couldn't get to the bank quick enough to uh, make sure the check cleared in enough time so I could update my um, upgrade my uh, pledge. my pledge. Yeah. Otherwise, I may have come pretty close to getting some uh, going to the art pledge, but I um, ah uh, well, I'm I'm still uh, still happy with what I've got. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So I think um, I think there were we fell about seven, was it or eight um, original art pledges short of completing uh, getting all of those done. So you wouldn't have you would have uh, completed that anyway. Um, it's a, it is a shame that uh, you weren't able to get on board for that one, but. Um, it wouldn't have got us to the next stretch goal as a, as a, as a whole. It wouldn't have finished all of the, the art pledges nah. anyway. So, um, only you missed out. It didn't, it didn't mean much for the rest of us. So <laughs> <laughs> you only me. That way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, I, I 100% agree with you that the, um, the updates were really, really good. And, um, I have completed, I, I've participated in one Kickstarter before. And, uh, I don't recall the updates being anywhere near as often. There was 18. Across the thirty yeah, days, which was quite the, a lot. It is. It was. It was all. It was better than one a day. Updates coming out. Uh, sorry, no. It was better than one every second day. Is what I meant yeah. to say. Um, coming out and uh, felt really informed. But I do hope that the, the updates continue. You'd like to think that once every couple of weeks or so, you might get a bit of a. Here's where we're up to now in terms of production. Um, that mm. remains to be seen. But so far, yeah, really, really informative. Um, so really pleased with that. Uh, Jermaine, as someone who probably followed it more avidly than uh, most people, you were you were letting Dale and Alex know what the current running total was at <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what What are some of your reflections on the campaign? Well, this is the, it was the first one that I pledged. I had followed a couple. Um and you were right about the updates, like uh, a couple of others that I, you know, they had maybe maybe five, maybe six updates. The the thing, the I was fairly confident we were going to get the full stretch or the full uh, goal, mainly because during the quieter days, which is kind of like you know day five to day twenty five, we were still getting regular pledges. And and that really helped us. Now it was disappointing we didn't get we didn't sell all of the art ones because you know that was another three grand which would have got us another another two pledges, uh, another two stretch goals. Sorry, um, but you know <laughs> I'm sure there's reasons for that. Um, I would go as far as saying that this Kickstarter is probably the biggest phantom thing worldwide since the 80th anniversary i just think that which is um, a couple of that, years ago now yeah which was three years ago which was what uh 16 uh 2016 um you know i think the 2016 the 80th could have been a lot better a lot bigger but i think they did it did get a lot of the phantom in mainstream media um and to non-phantom fan audience which I don't think anything has. Probably the only other exception in thinking about it now would probably be the Phantom Men uh, flag cover, where you've got the Phantom bashing a, um, a neo yeah, white, a of- white ring, 
right wing person with a with the rainbow flag. That was probably the only other thing that, that probably got a, as much attention. Yeah, that didn't make a huge splash in Australia, though. I mean, certainly amongst not a not amongst non Phantom yeah. fans. Yeah, but I'm talking about worldwide. Yes, and, yeah, no, understood. Yeah, and although it could be it could be said that maybe the Phantom isn't as big. In around the world as we are led to believe because let's face it the numbers around the world were pretty disappointing yeah from so i'll just Australian uh, point uh, of view. you've just mentioned that and i'll go to the community page on the kickstarter now just to, to provide a little bit of context around what you're talking about i 100 percent agree um if we look at the where the backers came from in terms of the top countries it's about 70% Australia, wasn't it? Well, there's 340 backers total. Um, 237 of them came from Australia. And then it's a, a long way to second place, which was the United States with 39. And uh, Scandinavia, I mean, if we add Sweden and <laughs> Finland and Norway together... Um, and Denmark. And okay, yeah, I'll keep keep reading down to see if I can find Denmark there. Yeah, there they are. So that's twenty eight. That's thirty total between Sweden, Finland, Norway, and Denmark. And I and I think, mm. um, well, I I can say comfortably for myself that I'm disappointed that there wasn't more come from Scandinavia. I'm pretty confident that I can speak. I'm not going to speak on behalf of Dale and Alex, but I'd be surprised if they weren't disappointed that they didn't get more um, people buying the game from there, especially once the blue in particular slipcase came out to yeah. uh, to make it a blue phantom on the on the front of the board game. Um, you know, and, and, 15 and people be... from the whole of Sweden, you know, is surprising. Yeah. And if you put it this way, you know, the whole, you know, Scandinavia, let's lump them all together as one. They, they call the phantom the Swedish hero, like we call the Phantom the Australian hero. Mm. This was a perfect opportunity for, you know, maybe a little bit of a healthy rivalry or, or, or whatever, but this was an opportunity for, for fans to put money where their mouth is. You know, Phantom fans are very, very vocal in saying, oh, we need this, we need this so the Phantom can be bigger, we need, the, you know, we need a movie, we need more products, we need this, we need this. This was an opportunity and... You know, not just the Swedish fans and, and stuff like that. They, by far, probably the biggest disappointing. But there was a lot of other Australian fans that I talked to that were like, "Oh no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it because it's not my thing. It's you know, I'm not into, not into that." But you know, they're very happy to whinge and moan about the fandom not getting a fair go. This was their opportunity. So, you know, Swedish and Scandinavian fans, shame on you. And those other Phantom fans that whinge and moan, shame on you for not getting on board as well. I mean, the only only caveat on that, and and, and I I tend to agree with what you're saying, the only caveat might be the price. It wasn't cheap. Um, The (sighs) the entry level to get in and buy a game, by the time you had postage, um, the the, the cheapest you could get away with was $119, So um, I I, I get that. I get that. It is expensive ish in the in the scheme of things but uh but, but yeah, this isn't no, okay it, it's a pretty I'm unique a, opportunity that people have passed it. up so what were you saying steve i'm on a tight fan and budget but i was able to make it happen yeah i i, I don't um i don't i i, I understand I've known that about it for a while I understand that it's not a monopoly game of 20 bucks or 50 bucks or something. 
you know, and I understand that the Swedish Krona's not doing too well. And I understand, but you know, they only had to pay 20 bucks for postage. It's not like they, mm. it's probably costs, it will cost them 50 bucks to post it. So yes. in a sense, they got a great deal in the postage, you know, so, and you know, $120 for a, a board game with all those figurines and stuff like that. And then you pay an extra 30 bucks for a comic as well. Um, you know, so $150. I don't know if you can, it might be a reason for some people, but I think it's a little bit weak. Yeah, and, and I hear what you're saying, Stephen. You're right. We, you know, we who have been following and listening to the, the first time we heard about this was probably a year and a half ago, when we had, when Glenn dropped word of it on an interview with us, and then we talked to Dale, and then we talked to Alex and Dale on the podcast. You know, a, a year. And then Dale ago. again, and then Dale again, yeah. and then Dale again. So we, we've known about it for a while. <laughs> Um, and could plan for it, and people who were listening to the podcast, and we know that that's not every fandom fan, obviously. We wish it was, but it, it's not, and that's fine. Um, knew that it was coming and could plan for it. It probably did drop suddenly, um, even even for us who knew it was coming. Yeah. It was sort of um, one day... I'll give you that. One day, Dale and Alex said, right, it's happening tomorrow sort of thing. It was probably not quite that. It was probably, you know, in the next four days it's going to start. Oh, right, okay. Um, so I certainly was caught even a little bit on the hop there, even though you knew it was coming at some point, suddenly it was coming, it was now. But that said, um, the campaign ran for a month, which is um, plenty of time to, to be able to try and find a little bit of cash, I would have thought. Um, it was really heavily publicised on Facebook. The, 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 the <laughs> Facebook and its algorithms are still showing me um, Kickstarter campaign <laughs> links and that sort of thing, and this is a week and a half after the campaign finished. Um, it, it was publicised on every fandom group, that sort of thing. Um, and I know that uh, the boys did put some money into advertising it on Facebook overseas, America and Scandinavia as well. Um, so there's, there's there's not a lot of excuses for not knowing about it and not knowing about it in time. So. And it was in the um, magazine probably about a year ago as well. Yeah, that's right. And um, they got public, uh, publicity through the Herald Sun in Victoria, um, which, so. yeah, which is the point that I made before, which we got a little bit carried away and moved on from, was that this has gotten a lot of outside, you know, it's got a lot of non-Phantom fans, you know, seeing the Phantom. It got, you know, with the Herod Sun, with the advertising, with people putting it on their normal Facebook page and stuff like that. Mm. So that's why I think this, this Kickstarter... Um, you know, I think it's probably the biggest thing phantom-wise that we've seen worldwide, mm. probably since the 80th. Mm. And I wonder if we will see more Kickstarters. Like, I wonder if, you know, if it will be something like we've talked to Mikel Sol uh, a couple of podcasts ago where he was umming and ahhing about it. And he, you know, now they're obviously a different model, but he's, they've, Egmont's got a, you know, a tight leash you know, a tight hold on the leash of the uh, budget. So maybe this could be, uh, you know, if you know, a way of getting some extra publications out. I wonder if Fru would do it again. Um, I wonder if, you know, if there's an Australian or, or a Scandinavian person who's like, I want to do something Phantom related, but I don't want to fork out all the money up front. I wonder if that's going, you know, if they're going to go, if they're going to go, maybe Kickstarter is the way to go. So mm. maybe we might see more phantom kickstarter campaigns yeah. which 
you know, I don't see a problem with. Well, it is interesting that um, I, I know one of the uh, queries that people had around it was, um, are phantom people going to embrace this idea of Kickstarter, mm. you know, the technology and all the rest of it, and, um, you know, there's this perception or this stereotype that phantom fans are a little bit fuddy-duddy and a little bit um, Luddite and can't operate computers and don't trust the internet and all this sort of stuff, which I don't think is entirely fair. Um, and I think that the Kickstarter has borne that out a little bit. If we have a look at, the, and again, I'm looking at that community page, it, yeah. it looks at new backers versus returning backers. So people who have jumped on Kickstarter before and then seen this and gone, yeah, I'll do this as well, versus people who have gone, well, the only reason I'm even opening a Kickstarter account is because of this Phantom game. So the brand... I.e. I.e. the new ones like me and Steve. Yeah, mm. and, and I guess I count as a returning backer because I've yes. backed one thing before, and that was a Paul Mason comic book. So I jumped on that one because he was a, a Phantom artist sort of thing. So um, I wouldn't consider myself any sort of a Kickstarter veteran by any stretch of the imagination, but I count in the returning backers. Um, so yeah. the raw numbers are 157 new, so people who jumped onto Kickstarter just because of the Phantom game, and 183 returning. So the ratio there is, is almost 50-50. There's slightly mm -hmm. more, um, I think, uh, you know, I think it was four to five, wasn't it? Well, quick, was... quick maths now would suggest it's more eight to nine sort of thing. Um, so, you know, for every 17 backers, eight of them were brand new and nine were returning. So it's, um, yeah. it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a surprisingly high amount of phantom people who jumped onto Kickstarter. So oh, what I guess I'm coming to is, is as you're suggesting there, Jermaine, if... If other phantom people or people who've got phantom ideas wanted to use Kickstarter, I think people mm. might go for it. I think you will. And, I th yeah, I think it'll be, now there was an article on Chronicle Chamber oh, probably about a month ago talking about the other, the, the phantom card game, which is being done by Mikhail Leek. Um, that looks like it's going to go ahead later on in the year. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes, but it'll also be interesting to see if, if the backers of Scandinavia go up as well. And because then, he's Scandinavian and it's coming from there? Yeah, so it'll be interesting with that. With Obviously, the price will probably be a little bit different as well, so it'll be interesting just to watch that. The other area or the other country that, in my opinion, was grossly um, underwhelming was India. Uh, India, according to this... I think it was two, two or three. Two. Yeah. And I know one of them. Um, so, yeah. So, now we are looking at doing a podcast on Indian India and its history with the Phantom. So, that's in the pipeline. So, when we do do that, I would love to ask um, uh, Sarut, who, who, who we're going to be doing it with, his reasoning behind why um india was so low in 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 that in this campaign as well so it'll be interesting to learn a little bit more about india because i reckon culturally it is a lot different a lot more different than say australia and probably even scandinavia as well yep fair enough all right um any other any other thoughts um or are we now just happy to wait for Christmas and hope that it's in time to pop into our in, into our Santa stocking? Yeah, yeah. And we're going to have a lot more questions. We'll go over all this type of stuff with Dale and Alex 
when we get them on the podcast as well. We didn't want to bombard them straight away. Like, like we said, you know, Dale had a had a little holiday to go to, and I think Alex was away this weekend as well. So we'll let them um, we'll let them have at least a, a couple of weeks, and then we'll um, hit them up and we'll do a podcast with a bit of a reflection. Yeah. Oh, well, the good news is, as I said right at the start, it is a go. It is being produced. Yes. We know that Jamie Johnson now is diligently hooking in and finishing off the rest of the artwork. Um, it, it'll all bring on get, December. Bring on December. It'll all get sent off to China, I suspect, and, and, and get printed and, and boxed up and then sent to us as soon as possible. Sounds good. All right. It'll be so- fun with the competitions and all that as well. You know, and then getting all of the Facebook notifications and people unearthing which one, which art or which prototype they got and stuff Yeah, like that, no, so. that's exactly right. So um, I certainly ended up with uh, going for a prototype. I can't wait to see. I, I've just, I would love, obviously the, the, the golden one, everyone is going to want a phantom uh, prototype or artwork, but I actually have kind of got my fingers crossed for a Garan. Um, I love the look of that <laughs> little Garan figurine, so I hope I get that. Uh, prototype. Uh, Jermaine, you went for a an artwork pledge? Mate, I'm going to go up front and say I went for both. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, my bank balance is a little bit hit. Uh, I've, the wife was actually looking at getting a, a cat, so that's thankfully been put on the back burner because oh. uh, instead of spending the money on a cat... Um, I've got myself, you know, a prototype uh, pledge as well. I thought you were about to say that uh, because you had got both, you had to get the cat as uh, to, to no, make up no, for no. it. <laughs> All right. Well, nothing comes for free unless unless you are a Patreon, and we're going to move on to um, the <laughs> oh, Don. Boom, tish. The, the Don Newton competition. Um, we do have for free on offer for our Patreon subscribers a uh, Hermes Press Don Newton uh, complete work of the Phantom book. Um, the uh, the review of that is up on our YouTube page, and you can have a look at uh, at what you're signing up for. But basically, this is a, a competition that is only open to our patrons. Um, <laughs> I see your message there, Stephen, and you're right. We'll hurry up. <laughs> I was it's, doing it subtly. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Stephen, you've got to blame because you uh, you didn't jump in and say that you would do the uh, the um, the running of running it. So, if, no. yeah, <laughs> if it means Dan's, it's uh, All right. of course it was going to be long. So, so very very quickly then, um, the Don Newton Hermes uh, book is up for grabs. It'll be drawn in about a month or just under a month from now, probably on the first or second of June is the weekend where we'll have time to be able to do the video and whatever. Um, where we a ticket for every dollar that you patronise us for in the in the in, via Patreon. <laughs> Patronise us. You, you, <laughs> I don't even know what the word is. Um, but anyway, jump, support. Support. Well, that's less sexy. <laughs> Basically, if you support us, the more money you support us, the more tickets you get. The more and that, you are. Yep. Yeah, will be drawn at the end of May. Patronage. 
we're all over it. You can tell, listeners. Sorry to be wasting your time on this stuff. Just jump on Patreon and, and read what it is all about. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. We'll do a comics and news or, or whatever around that time and, um, and yes. uh, draw that as well. So speaking of drawing competitions on comics and news podcasts, I understand, Jermaine, we're going to actually draw the competition winner now of the uh, Fumo de China uh, magazine that you've had up for grabs. Yes, that's correct. So um, now there's there was eight uh, people who have left a recommendation. Now in the rules, we did say that if you stroke out <laughs> ego, the, you do get extra points. The, the so, rules were very open to interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the what people was that, that got extra points. If you stroke out egos. Oh, right, yes. So the people that got extra points because they stroke out egos was Mikel Lick, John Cookson, Steve Siebert, and Nick Moles. And they all wrote nice and glowing ones. Steve Siebert actually gets an extra entry because he named me. He actually, you know, <laughs> and then he said that I was an expert as well. So that, that uh, has so, to mean that he has to get. So he's got three entries and oh, those others that I've made. Nearly mentioned. 10 or 15, yeah. the way you're going. <laughs> So I'm just drawing it right now, and where are we going? And the are we videoing is... this as well for integrity purposes? No, not really. <laughs> I've got a photo of um, I've got a photo of the drawing and that. Okay. And the winner is Nick Moles. Ah, well done, Nick! Congratulations, so, Nick. Yes, congratulations, Nick. You will uh, we'll be in touch with you probably tomorrow when after we've had a good night's sleep. But no, congratulations, Nick, for uh, for winning that competition. Thank you for your support and your recommendation. And um, we will be having other draws as well. Maybe not as cool as that one, but we will be doing some other ones. And or maybe they'll just be giveaways for our Patreons as well. I've got a couple of other things that in mind that we can give away as uh, prizes for our Patreon. So not only do you get all the cool stuff and you help support us, but you do get cool free stuff as well. So that's that one. Very good. All right, so congratulations, Nick. Um, fantastic to have that one out there. It's really good to see these international publications. So it's an, inter it's an Italian yes. magazine that Nick has just won. It's really good to see these international publications coming through. And, of course, that leads us to our next talking point, which is the Brazilian publication, um, Mythos, or Mythos, Mythos I'm going to go with, um, which is the publication house in Brazil, that is just starting to produce uh, comic books for themselves, um, reproducing Sunday's dailies and uh, e and even Hermes publications. Jermaine, mm. you've been in contact with the um, the editor over there, Julio, I think. Yes. And uh, yes. Uh, have found out a little bit about what they're doing. Yeah, we've got a couple of articles up there. Pretty cool, pretty exciting. Um, Mythos have done some stuff from about 2003 to four to six. They there's probably about 10 comics, uh, high-quality comics. Uh, they will be available for um, uh, purchase, obviously, in Brazil, but also if you're not in Brazil, you can get them from the Amazon, the Brazilian Amazon version, and also their website as well. Um, we're in communication with them, uh, and we will be getting a couple to review and the, um, one way or the other. And then, um, and then, as soon as we figure out a way of getting them, we will let everyone else know. And we are looking at a. We also are a big shout out. If you're 
a Brazil, if you're from South America or Brazil and you will be getting these and you want to send, if you want your review of these comics to be in these, like, like what Mikel Lick does for us with the Phantom Man comics, please get in contact with us. Um, and then, cause it will be nice to be able to include those as well. Yep, looking forward to seeing um, seeing what those publications look like. Uh, mm. Have you heard? Are they uh, hardcover type? May. Thing? I'm what? not sure on hardcover or softcover. I'm assuming probably softcover, but they're about 100 pages each. Mm-hmm. Um, and May is, which is now, yeah. we should be getting the first two, which I'm assuming will probably be a daily and a Sunday. Okay. All right. Well, that remains to be seen. We'll um, they'll be they'll be coming out soon. Because <laughs> I'm still away. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, did you say Supernova, Steve? <laughs> Supernova. There you go. Supernova 2019. It's only two months away now. Um, it seems to have rushed around quickly, and we'll do a, a podcast uh, much, you know, probably a couple of weeks beforehand as we talk about our final preparations for what has um, rapidly become the, you know, the biggest weekend for Phantom fans in Australia. The the gathering. The Mate, let's go together. the world. Let's go the world. There's people well, that are worldwide that come to, that comes to Supernova. 237 backers of the Phantom game in Australia, 15 in Sweden. I think we we dominate. Yes. <laughs> I think, I think let's, you know, and if this gets some people's noses up, well, maybe you should have backed better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about Supernova 2019 because it's going to be more Phantom than than ever, I think. But you can shake a stick at. That's right. Um, we, particularly, I think, with um, the the visitation of Jeff Weigel, who's coming mm. across to Australia. He's not only doing the Sydney Supernova, but he's also going to Perth, which I know you're particularly excited about, Jermaine, because that way you get him all to yourself after we've uh, <laughs> all tried to all tried to get in his pocket in Sydney. But uh, the current Sunday artist coming to Australia, that's a huge coup for Supernova, one that they may be don't even really understand that is happening for them. Um, no. Very excited to, to meet Jeff and talk to him and, and see mm. some of his artwork in person. Mm. Now, now it is worth noting that in the last, well, probably last 10 years, they have had, you know, Dave Gibbons, um, Terry Beattie and Paul Ryan and Alex Savirk as well, who are also, you know, fairly big names with Phantom and otherwise as well. But... This is probably the first time that since to coincide with Fruit having a booth as well, which, mm. which you know, just adds to the, the coolness of it. Mm. So we, we don't know at this stage. It, uh, it would seem unlikely that Jeff is actually going to set up in the Fruit booth. He, he's likely going to have his own area. Um, but just the fact that that means there's going to be, you know, uh, multiple phantom places in the, in the complex. Oh, well, do you think he's going to sit in the free booth? I don't know. Because, you know, I don't know. I really don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I reckon there's a strong chance that, that you know, the free booth, you know, will be set up a little bit differently and maybe Jeff will sit there. There'll be a question we will have to ask. I, I, don't, um, I don't doubt that he would spend time there, but whether he's also got his own area, whether it's in Artist's Alley yeah. or, or somewhere, else, somewhere else. We'll have to wait for that one. Hmm. 
So what 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 can we talk about? Obviously, this is preliminary. We we you know we don't have a definite list of what will be there and stuff. So well, what, what, last, what can we speculate? The last few years since Fru have had a booth there, they have tended to have, bring out their their new things for Supernova. There's there's been a bunch of new stuff that's been available. Last year it was the, certainly the Messenger Bag and the Kit Phantom trade paperback were available for the first time. Yep. Um, there, the year before it was all about the sketch covers and, and having a and whole Colouring in book. Um... Colouring in book, yeah, you're right. Um... Uh, they did, and they did have artists uh, just sitting there sketching for us and that sort of thing. Jamie Johnson did set up inside the free booth last year, so it, it does tend to be now where they've sort of positioned themselves in the annual cycle of bringing out new things. Um, is folios, folios, yeah, yep. absolutely right. Jam covers. So, do we think that there's something new and unusual in the offing, or are we, do we think that there might be a Another folio, um, maybe another jam cover. Uh, oh, there will definitely be that. The jam. And there will probably be prints. Oh, there will definitely be all of that, the folio, prints, jam cover, and probably even bookmarks as well. You know, the well, last... Those bookmarks are a great idea. Yep. Yeah. I like those. And, yep, and, and those have been something that they had, I think, 15 in the first year, and then they added another six or seven last year, I'm going to say. Yeah. So whether so there's I think another it's six safe or seven... To... I think it's safe to say there'll be another six or seven of yep. bookmarks and there'll be another folio and another print and another jam cover. I've also, Jeff has made mention that he'll be doing uh, some prints as well. Um, so Which so prob- they'll be probably that. not aligned to fruit. No, they wouldn't be. Mm. Uh, but I'm just talking about what we can buy, but yeah, good yeah, point. Yeah, um, um, but I'm sure, because like through, like you said, through have released something special. I reckon we might get a trade paperback because we haven't had one this year yet. Um, so yeah, okay, yep, that's that's right. Um, you know, because we we've tend to be getting. I think I don't know. I, I think I read somewhere or one, in one of the interviews that we've done with Glenn or something, he said that ideally they would like to have two a year or something like that. So. I think last year they did too, the Kid Fans and then the, um, the other one. There is obviously the Pirates of the Red Dragon t- trade paperback lined up to go with the board game, but that's, yeah, you would think that would be separate to this, wouldn't you? So there yeah. will be one lined up. Yeah, so that will likely be the end of the year. So I reckon, yeah, I reckon we're definitely going to get another one. But, yeah, it will be interesting. I reckon there will definitely be something cool like, you know, like what we saw with the messenger bag, mm. and and that's that's my thoughts. I think there might be, I think that there'll be something that Glenn has sort of just probably had percolating away for a decade or more, which he's been able to finally um, bring to fruition for this year. I, you know, something, In something fruition. Something. Yeah, that's right. Good words. So, something out of left field. Something that uh, we may not even begin to be considering we'll just all get a nice surprise when it's uh, mm. when it's there or it has arrived in time. Stephen, is there anything in particular you'd like to uh, do see or you, you have a hunch that they might? No, I wouldn't have a hunch. I yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't pretend to assume that I know anything that's going on through, but whatever they bring out has often been awesome. Like that messenger bag... I get a comment every time I, I use it. I use it every time I go down to Melbourne. I use it every time I go to um, things for work rather than take my work bag, which is full of just crap. If I take <laughs> my um, phantom bag and I've just got my computer and you know, a book and pen or whatever in it, um, yeah, 
I get comments every single time that I um that I take that out. So if they can have something else that I take down the mail or whatever, and I get some more comments about every single time that I take it out, well, that'll be great. So what do you reckon? Reckon a hat, a shirt? Hat would be awesome. A shirt that fits me. I don't care what company makes it, but if <laughs> if someone can make a shirt, a cool, a awesome looking Phantom shirt that fits me, well, awesome. I'll what size it. are you? So when Free listen to this, <laughs> depending well, on where um, you're getting your t-shirts from. <laughs> there was a um, there was a suggestion, and I'll jump ahead briefly. I guess there was a suggestion in one of the um, Phantom Forum letters in uh, Free issue. 1836, um, you've said caps there, Jermaine, that was a suggestion, but also playing cards uh, was one that um, Dudley seemed to be a bit excited oh, about yeah. in, in response right. to the letter too. So, yeah, um, yeah, playing cards. That could be a bit of a left field. We haven't seen a, a, a fan of playing cards, I think, since the John Sands version in about In Australia. 95. In Australia, yeah. yeah um, well, we're only joking about not including the Scandinavian guys. <laughs> I say we, the three of us are Australian, and, and we clearly represent about 98% of the fandom fans worldwide when you look at the uh, Kickstarter numbers. So We're only, we're only teasing all you guys. And a big hello to all of our international listeners. Uh, we welcome we're you. only giving you a little bit of grace. It's nice that you're joining the fandom crew and uh, finding out what this uh, superhero is all about. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. Um, but yeah, yeah, a lot of speculation at the moment, but I'm yeah. sure we will learn a little bit more as we go. Yeah, the other the other big event of the uh, of the weekend is um, is obviously the Lee Fork Memorial Bengala Explorers Club dinner, um, which is on the Saturday night of Supernova. I don't have a calendar in front of me. I'm, I want to say June 21st or something like that. Um, the, we, the, the call for donations has, uh, has come through and, uh, people are going to want to start sending those through. If you've got a donation that you're sending through for the dinner, um, Bradley Peach is putting the, um, the catalogue together again this year and he needs to start seeing those. And, um, we've seen a couple of those start to appear on Facebook and the two that we've seen on Facebook both look pretty spectacular uh it's got to be said so uh jeff weigel who we've mentioned he's going to be the guest speaker at the dinner and he's published um on facebook and he's also sent through by the um the email list uh for the leaf Fork dinner um a, a, a i guess a portrait piece of the phantom and devil um and they the original of that is going to be up for auction on the night pretty spectacular pretty pretty impressive piece i thought Mm, I love the green, it just pops. Mm. And yeah. it's maybe it's just as well that the fan was not green because it would be hard to spot with that much green. Yep. Um, so I'm really interested to see what uh, sort of price that will, will achieve. I, I think very clever of them to have published that so early, I think, um, because that will have people saving and scrimping um, so that they can bid that up at the auction. Looking mm. forward to that. The other one that I've, I'm really excited to see, and I guess I've got a, um, I, I have been collecting Guy Passant's postcards as they've come out, and I've put them in my own little album and all that sort of stuff. But to see Guy Passant, who, um, you know, if you're if you're on a fan and fan on Facebook, you'd have seen this. The album that he's put together, he, he's yeah. collated his postcards, which he's been producing himself. They are unlicensed, it must be said, but they are beautiful, and they're based on um, Ray Moore and Wilson McCoy art in 
particular. Um, and he's with a couple of others, yeah. Yeah, there's a Bill against um, set of six that he's done as well. Uh, but he is very focused on the Ray Moore and the Wilson McCoy, and, and who can blame him for that? Um, and he's put those together into a, a, a one-of-a-kind folder that's getting sent across and um, and donated for the auction as well. So looks looks pretty beautiful. Yep. There'll be a lot of other cool stuff as well. So when we do our... Um our pre-Supernova one, we'll probably have a bit more of an idea and we'll talk about some of them and mm. some of the others mm. so those, as well. You do need to be in the room on the night to bid for those. Um, yeah, no phone bids. No. We might um, <laughs> we might uh, see what we can do on the evening to see what we can record or, or video or whatever about what's in the room. But um, if those are the things that are, uh, we know about now two months beforehand, I think um, we're in for a bit of a treat. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, the last piece of news that we want to talk about before we get onto the comics is... Um, Rocky. Yeah. That luckily, there's only a couple of comics to actually review um, <laughs> because Stephen's falling asleep. Um, but the... Huh? The, what? That's a, that's a regular occurrence on the podcast. <laughs> the last bit of what news... What it is is when he, can't, when he can't sleep and he's insomnia, he actually joins us for a podcast so he can actually get a decent night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> So the last bit of news is something that perhaps, I don't know, as it's washed out, I feel like it's not as much, not a big a deal as we thought it might be, but that's um, the latest Sunday story, uh, sorry, the latest daily story, and off the top of my head, I can't think of the name of it, but it's the it's uh, the story where the fandom is now heading into battle to rescue um, the, the Nomad's former wife. Um, from her uh, captivity, I guess, against uh, in, in the terrorist cell. She'd be um, a widow, wouldn't she? He's not dead. He's not dead. Oh, no, yeah, no, true. Do, you do have she's to be dead, dead before yeah, your yeah. wife can be a widow, so... Yeah, uh, sorry, I, I thought he had died. No, 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 he's in prison. Uh, yeah. Yeah, technically, I suppose he's not. she's not even a former wife because um, mm. until some sort of divorce papers come through. But then Cardi has been... Um, uh, adopted, so oh, it's a confusing family situation for the Nomad at the moment, um, and and in his prison in Sing Sing or wherever he is, it's probably the last of his concerns. But um, the point being that the fandom has geared up for the first time um, in a while, in the sense that he is uh, strapped up with um, uh, medical gear and also extra ammunition and that sort of stuff, and he probably looks a little bit more. Oh, this is over the top, but he looks a little bit more Rambo than we've probably seen before. So um, we've, we've had a bit of a chat with uh, Tony DePaul and Mike Manley, and, and Jermaine, you posted an excellent article sort of exploring this and, and the history of these sorts of additions to the, to the costume. Um, what are your thoughts about how it's unfolded? It's about uh, 10, 10 days ago now. Um, that, that that we first saw it in the paper and we've uh, seen the fandom getting about with this extra gear on. Um, what are our thoughts about uh, how it's how it's unfolding for him? I think there's a beautiful balance. It's not too Rambo. It's not too Batman. Too Batman-ish. It's I'm about to head into a lair full of terrorists. Uh, last time I did this, I was grossly underprepared. Uh, this time he's a little bit more prepared and he probably won't be almost blown up and have shrapnel, you know, in his neck. So I, I think it's a nice balance. Like, And the good thing about exploring the article, which we did and stuff like that, was it's 
not going to be every issue. It's not going to be every adventure. It's just when it is needed. And I think that is, you know, is important to note. Um, but yeah, you're right. There hasn't been much, hasn't been much, um, sucking from the diehards, which might be a good thing. Maybe they're growing up a little bit. I think they've handled it really well and they've um, yeah. introduced it you really well. You mean Tony and Mike? Yeah, Tony Steve? and Mike. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they've handled, this, handled it well and introduced it well. Um, yeah, introduced in such a way that it makes sense that, of course, he's going to have to um, bring this extra mm. gear, gear in with him. And um, from going over the emails and stuff, I, I think they were um, yeah, concerned about um, the Batman... Uh, utility belt and having you know a whole bunch of gadgets and, and stuff going going on at the, at the time and um, I think what they've done definitely is not Batman which is fantastic mm. um, and like I oh just the other day I was going to say this um, when we do from Heaven Sent but I picked up the um, the Detective Comics 1000 issue the big Batman issue that came out recently at the same time I picked up the Heaven Sent. But I don't usually pick up Batman, but I thought I'll pick it up because it's a special issue. My goodness, why are people picking up Batman? There was, there was a, you know, it's a big special issue. There's with a whole bunch of different stories. One story I thought was very, very good. And there was another story I thought was pretty good, and the rest I thought was just why? Why are people reading this? It's just so full of its own self-importance. Forgetting that it's supposed to be a comic book that people, you know, read for a bit of adventure and forget about life for a while, not to be. Ah, uh, and they forget that the stories, uh, that pictures tell a story rather than reams and reams and reams of dialogue. Um, <laughs> so all you Batman fans who are listening to the, who just happen to listen to a Phantom podcast now, maybe we'll, we'll put a tag on there for Batman just to get you in. Pick up, uh, the Phantom and, uh, just see where it all began and see the original and the best. Yeah, no, I agree. He hasn't he hasn't gone Batman at all, and and I said Rambo, mm. and that's uh, as I said over the top because he's not suddenly strapped down with or weighed down with um, you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of uh, bullets or anything like that. There's no exploding arrows. There's no uh, anything like that. It's almost just a bit of an extension on the boot uh, of the knife in the boot, um, really. Yeah. Um, and I think that they've handled it really, really well. It's no more than um, what Cy Barry drew 30 years ago, and you included those pictures in your article too, Jermaine, um, you know, in terms of just a bit of a, um exaggerated backpack, I suppose. Um, so Yeah, and if you really want to be picky, it's not even as, it's not even as bad as the um, Avon novel. Like in the Avon no- novel, he actually had... A belt with accessories, like I remember, it was the golden, the golden circle when the Phantom goes down the chute and he's in the tunnel. So in the book, it's like he, you know, takes out his pouch with it's just got a candle and a, and matches and all that type of stuff. You know, that's more Batmanish than what we're seeing here. The bat candle. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's just so- yeah. It, it's a sensible addition, and it and and the fans. And it's an good to man. see the fans are being sensible about it as well. Yeah, I, I can't say I that I've actually been glad. Wrong. Yeah, I'm glad wrong. to be proven wrong that they've been sensible about it. <laughs> yeah, 
then you, you you tend to believe in a lot of phantom stereotypes. I'm not sure that they're <laughs> true, Jermaine. Um, but that said, I haven't been on Comics Kingdom to actually... Well, it, it that, that's a news item that we probably should address. It's a dog's breakfast of a site at the moment. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, then hence I've stayed away from it um, and not even reading the comments but I'd, I'd be interested to see um, what the, the fans there are saying about it but anyway we don't know and so we'll move on which leads us to the comics let's actually start talking about some, some fandom comics and you know what I'm going to break with the run sheet and I think that we should Ooh. actually have Mikhail review the Phantom End stories here and now before we get to through so um Unless you've got any objection, boys, I think we should uh, no. hear from Mikhail now um, about what's been happening in Team Phantom for the, over the last little while. Hello, it's time once again for a Phantom and review by me, Mikael. I'm going to start off with issue number eight. This issue has a great cover made by Rafael Ruiz with Phantom jumping out of a moving chopper with his guns drawn screaming it's really cool the story Eldkraft in Swedish uh, translates to firepower it's made by four people Die Karlström, Magnus Carling, Rafael Ruiz and Coral Martinez it has some cool action sequence and uh, some old jungle sayings that I really like but I have quite a few problems with this story starting off with some small things it's the kid that's in trouble is related to old man moss and i don't understand why they had to include that because old man moss is really not important to the story and phantom finds this guy by chance it's not that old man moss comes to to phantom so it's just there for fan service, I guess, but it will only be more characters that they need to cater to. And how come Phantom has not met these persons before? I mean, Phantom has known Old Moss all of Phantom's life. This, I think he should know about these people before. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I could live with that. Then the second part is that I understand that the Phantom has a cell phone and they actually kind of, it's a good and a bad part. It's bad to remind that he has a cell phone when they don't have to, but it's good that they say that the cell service is really bad in the jungle, so that's why he's not using it at all when he's in uh, in the deep woods. So, I mean, that's that's a good thing. Now is the really big part that I have troubles with. It's the plot is that there's a computer virus that's super powerful that can break almost anything. And I can understand why the Phantom needs to go to this oil rig to stop it from destroying the oil rig. But I don't understand why the bad guys needs to be on the oil rig to use the computer virus. Then it's a really poorly designed virus. But I guess it's just for the plot to make the bad guys and the phantom show up at the same place. 
then the other part that really bothers me is spoiler alert times 10 that the bad guys feels uh, like the air tanks or something on the platform making it lean and then uh, the phantom uses his mighty strength to close the valve but just because you close the valve doesn't mean that the water goes away so it should still be leaning and going to go down in the depths of the water but apparently when he closed the valve it solves the issue those kinds of physics I don't like it they should stay away from that and well that was issue 8 now over to issue 9 this one features a cover by Luca Erbata, the guy who made the cover of the beautiful uh, album uh, The Dread of the Pirates for 2018. This one, however, is not as good as that one, not by a long shot, but it's a cover. Uh, we find out the winner of the best story 2018, and that was the Ghost of the Gallows Inns, and my favorite, Blood Rain, was on second place. The story is called The Seventh Icon, and it's made by Klaus Remerti and Kari Leppinen, so two uh, veterans in this business, and it's another Rasputin story, and uh, I've said it in earlier reviews that I really have a hard time with Rasputin as a villain, and because it's supernatural elements and there's a lot of supernatural elements in this one it's basically about this cult that wants to destroy Rasputin and Rasputin is fighting them and Phantom is mostly on the sidelines trying to make that sure that no innocent lives are killed I had a few smiles when Phantom breaks out of a room but that's about it on the positive side even Kari Leppinen's art that I really liked back in the day is getting a bit worse now with his age. Uh, the well-lit panels is not as good as the one, the shadow ones. The, he still paints really nice when there's dark panels and it's nighttime and shadows, but the well-lit one is not as good as it used to be. This brings us to the latest issue, the double issue 1011 of Phantomen. It has a great cover by Henrik Salström with Phantom and Devil sitting in the plane uh, flying away from Walker's table. The story is a daily story from 2017 from uh, Tony DePaul and Mike Manley. It's called Return of the Locust and it's a sequel to the Locust God that I've earlier reviewed and if you remember that I was not that impressed by the whole supernatural parts of the Locust God and I had really low expectations of this one but I was actually happily surprised it was only the Locust God parts in the beginning and the end like a few pages that I didn't like the core of the story was really good featured this uh, cult that took over Walker's table and shot down all the planes that tried to come uh, near it and Phantom has to go there and try to talk them to stop doing it and it ends up with a fight of course but I, I like the core part but 
Instead of the locust guard, they could have this nice general at the cafe calling him since he's already knowing everything and he seems to like Walker, so that would be another way to tell this story, I would say. But that brings us to the close of all these new Phantom and stories. Uh, it has a preview of the next issue and that has a new team Phantom story by Klaus Remerti and Heinar Bade called The Men in the Shadows. I also hoped it, the Phantom and Kids paperback would be out by now but it, I haven't been able to find it anywhere so sorry about that. And that's all for me. Happy Phantoming! Alright, thank you very much, Mikhail. Um, we've, we've paused for about four seconds and, and you've taken us through those three comics and we do really appreciate it. I hope it was three. <laughs> there was three. Number. I checked with him just before we finished and uh, yeah, there was three. The third one came out okay. this so, week. Um, just not, not that we're going to keep doing this, but um, it's, it's good to see that even though only 15 Swedish people can bother to get a fandom game, we'll still put their, uh, still put their review in before we start talking Australian fruits when 237 people bought the game. But anyway, that's okay. <laughs> Um, so, if we go back and look at the Fru comics that have come out lately, one thing I'm going to say before we, we talk about the, the regular issues is I'm a little surprised that since our last comics and news there's been none of the special comics. I thought we must have been due a, um, a, a, a Phantom's World or, or certainly a, um, uh, Giant Size probably was the one that I really expected. You know what? I reckon we're recording this, what, Sunday night? I reckon we'll go to the news, we we'll go to the, check the mail. Monday, Tuesday, and there'll be one there. It'll be there. <laughs> You're probably, probably right. So it's going to be really important, Jermaine, for you to edit this out and get it out to people by Monday morning. <laughs> Actually, on that, I'm like, I know I haven't been on the podcast for a little while, so I probably haven't said this, but um, oh, I had my wisdom teeth taken out, and I was, so I was bedridden for a bit. I started reading The Giant Size. You know how I've, I've kind yeah. of been a little bit anti-Giant yeah, yeah. Size because I haven't, you know, I've picked up, whatever it was, Catman, I thought that was rubbish, um, which I still pretty much do. But um, <laughs> I read um, Shane Foley's story, the... the oh, Scorpius. 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 Scorpius, yeah. I read that and I thought, oh, what's going on here? I need to read some backstory on this. So I read all of Shane's stories. I read, I read oh, who is it, The Raven? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think. I really like The Raven. Mate, I've been saying this for like the last three oh. uh, podcasts, mate. I'm glad to see that you actually finally listened to me. <laughs> it it um, only took him the, being bedridden. <laughs> yeah, bedridden. The Shadow I thought was excellent. Um, so, yeah, hey, good, good work there, Fru, with the, with the giant size fan. You've been saying this for the past four. I still think that uh, with Catman wasn't, wasn't your strongest idea because I, I still don't really like Catman. But um, well done with the rest of it. Mm. All right, can we move on now, Steve? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so it would seem that uh, through issue number 1835 is the first one we need to talk about. Evil Forces is the name of this one, um, written by Norman Worker and Jamie Valve, with the cover by Jeremy McPherson. And it's a stunning cover um, mm. with the, the flaming good mark being held aloft by the fan and waving it around in front of some stunned monks, it would seem. Um, thoughts on the cover before we go any further, boys? I love the, the front cover is good, but the back cover is oh, the back phenomenal cover. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looks like the phantoms praying while the devil's trying to get a hold. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, no. It's very eye catching. Very yeah. yeah uh, the colors, the colors are amazing. Um, yeah, and it's it's interesting because uh, Jeremy's always done brighter, more open covers. And um, where this is more of a, a darker, you know, like style of cover. So it's mm. it's it's good to kind of like see a different well, type of cover. Mood. It does yeah. set the mood of the story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, I think we're seeing the influence of the colourist, and, and Thomas Mason has yeah. uh, contributed colours to this. Thomas Mason, of course, came aboard um, Phantom Covers with uh, when Jamie Johnson brought him in, and uh, Jeremy is getting him to do some colour work as well. And just the way that he uses light, I think, and, 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 mm. and light source to just... Um, for me, on that front cover, I, I tend to disagree. I think the front cover is better than the back, but the... Um, the way that, that that burning good mark lights up the front of the phantom's chest and torso there um, and, and the shadows that that casts, I think that, that yeah. just, uh, that's just stunning. But anyway, um, it's a, the story itself is a 1978 Team Phantom End story, so one of those ones that we're, we're seeing now that, that hadn't been produced um, or, or published in Australia. What are we nearly... Well, it's over... Th- 40 years since it uh, since it was actually first published um, in Sweden. Um, thoughts on the story, guys? Um, it was enjoyable from, yeah, from it was memory. Enjoyable. It's been a few weeks. Um, I must admit, I'm a little bit confused on on the significance of the burning good mark and why that basically solved the day. And you know, like the Phantom is going through it all, and then he like stops and goes, "Oh, hang on." Before we go rescue the day, I'm just going to spend some time here and, and just make a you know do a little bit of crocheting and a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of needlework and craft and okay now we can go ahead. So I was a little bit confused at just why that kind of happened. Like it looks cool, you know the phantom with the good mark and you know it was burning and it scares everyone, but it probably wasn't the strongest point of the story. Well, it's a good mark to fight off evil. He he explains it. Yeah, it's a, just, a cross, a symbol of, for protection against evil and darkness. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a bit flimsy. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did I, you like it, Stephen? What that that plot point or the story? Yeah, the plot point. Oh, it it, it was a way to keep the story going, or a way to to tie it up so he'd win, I suppose. But um. Mm. Overall, I thought the story... Uh, we're getting a lot of these type of stories. I, I feel yeah. Like. Mm. It's, a, I it's, it's another about, one of those one where Diana's been kidnapped and needs saving. Uh, no, it wasn't Diana. It was some other woman, wasn't it? Oh, no. No, it was, oh, it was Diana. Diana. Yeah. Now, do you think she's been censored? 
Oh, almost certainly. Almost certainly. There's there's certainly panels here where you can In page see... thirty two. Yeah, 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 I just clicked on that. Yeah. Um Look, I sense it or not, I'm not um, convinced this is... Ne- oh, and and I'm, I like Jamie Valvey's art as a rule. I'm not convinced this is one of his better ones. Um, and, and I guess if we're talking about Diana, just some of the ways that her uh, her face has been drawn at times. I'm looking now at page 12, um, the bottom central panel there, just the eyes are a bit bit odd for me and uh anyway look it, it, it's it's an enjoyable enough story i don't really like these sect slash occult type um mm. stories um i think it was i think it's harder because we had the previous two issues was that then you've got this one and then you got the angel of retribution so it's like we get four stories in a row that are probably not your most favorite so i think yeah. You know, if they were kind of like every... Now, of, of course, you can't have part one and part two separated by four stories, but if on average these dark, cultish stories were separated by four other issues, you probably wouldn't mind them. But seeing that we've got four in a row, it's kind of like it, they stand yeah. out a bit more. They are. Get, the, it's getting a bit samey and, and a bit... Uh, the theme gets a bit tired. Not, not necessarily. The, and, and again, it's because it's a theme that I don't... Personally, I don't particularly yeah. enjoy. Um, so, yeah. So, you've uh, you, anything else to say on that one, boys? Before we move on, no. I love the way how he draws Devil, though. Well, that uh, way he always draws a good Devil. Yeah, doesn't he? yeah. Yeah, it actually looks like a wolf. <laughs> All right. So you yep. mentioned the Angel of Retribution, which is issue eighteen thirty six. Um, now, this is not an, uh, a 40-year-old story. This is actually a 2019 story from Team Fundamental. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting in that sense that, um, and, and whether we, how, how much we explore this, but it's a it's a jump past some stories from 2018 yeah. that have well, not been Well, we discussed published. this on, yeah, we discussed this on social media and pointed mm. this out and stuff like that. But I must admit, I reckon Fru did the right thing in this case. Why, why do you say that? Because the previous two stories, so what was it, 1833 and 1834, the bad guy in that is the same bad guy as 1836, which is Russ, Russ, Russ or Russ? Putin. Russ Putin. So mm. That's I almost exactly think... why I don't like the fact that it's come out so quickly. As, as <laughs> yeah, then we just criticised that about two minutes ago. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah so... But you know, I understand. It's in the same thing. Well, it's the same. It's the same dude. Yeah. yeah. So rather than waiting a year and then getting it and then everyone having to dig out the issues again, or try and think, oh, what happened there? Why? Who's Rasputin? Why? Why is the Phantom? Oh, yeah, it's in that one. It's like, oh, it's only a couple of issues ago. It's, well, hopefully, it should still be fresh in people's minds. So. But I the way the story, I think, ends, I think yeah. we're going to see a lot more of Rasputin yes, in the future. I think we yeah. will too. And, and Mikhail Sol did indicate that in his uh, interview with mm. us, didn't he? That um, was a cracking interview, yeah. Mikhail Sol. Yeah. I cannot get excited about the fact that um, we may see a bit more of Rasputin. I don't like him as a character. I don't think he has a lot to offer as a character. Um, it was interesting... Uh, actually, I, I listened to the David Bishop 
podcast interview today, Jim, um, and listening to him talk about how he develops characters and um, you know agents of change and how you like to see characters change. I don't see how Rasputin as a character is going to change or be a significant agent of change. I think that he's a. I don't like. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not, I don't like the stories that he's in. I never really have, and um, I'm not sure that I'm going to enjoy stories that he's in in the future. As a nemesis, um, he, he's not working for me. What do you think, Dan? Uh, Stephen, sorry, do you think he... Do you, well, let's see what the next story happens, but um, with a little bit Rasputin out after... Um, yeah. I, know, I know he wasn't in Evil Forces, but it was very much the same sort of thing. Um, if we had gotten this story, like, say, in a year, then I thought, oh, yeah, probably read for another Rasputin story. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's interesting to see that he looks like the, the flavour of the month at the moment. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Cause, well, I, 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 like I said, I, I just think it was... Uh, and I guess being a you know 12 to 18 months behind of what Egmont's producing is that it does give them the flexibility to be able to release something uh, uh, you know I guess to be able to suit their schedule which is what they've done here um, so yeah so that's that's an interesting plot point I, th- I think the problem with Rasputin is like I don't. I know he's. You know, I know he was a. You know, a really bad guy and stuff like that. But oh, well, uh, that, that depends I think, on your standpoint. Yeah, as well. I, yeah, I guess so. But I think he. You know, he he can trick people and hypnotize people and stuff like that, and he does that with the Phantom. But I would dispute that. I'm not really sure that that's the best type of bad guy. The Phantoms is most suited to. Like, I, I, I think when I think of classic bad guys, I'm thinking of, you know, the anti-heroes like Sala or the Sing Pirates or, or even someone like the Python or, or mm. you know, someone like that that, you know, can maybe be a little bit more, I don't know, cagey where, I, yeah, I, I don't know, Rasputin, maybe, I don't know whether it's the, the way he's been written or whatever, but he just seems a little bit wooden, a little bit bland. Um, uh, I guess that's what I was saying. That that yeah. wouldn't. He's not going to change. He's he's yeah. always this undead, um, single focus bad guy. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Nomad Python, uh, Python. Even Sandal Singh. <laughs> yeah, they they they're more interesting characters. Like, because like for instance, like when you look at someone like a, a Sala or a Sandal Singh or or even Kate Somerset and stuff like that, is you don't know which. You know, you, do, you, you you don't really know if they're going to end up bad or they're going to be good or or whatever because there's that blurriness and there's that that development and in those characters where I just yeah I don't know Rasputin just I don't know but you know maybe he's he's more interesting towards the Scandinavian fans where you know he's uh more you know has more of a I don't know dare I say it more of a cult following. Um, over there, and and so maybe he's a little bit more interesting to, for those, you know, for from that culture point of view, rather than from an Australian point of view, where mm. he's just some dead rusky. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right, um, 
Stephen. Oh, and Ed Rusky. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> anything else on the story in particular, Stephen? We have we haven't sort of we haven't talked about the art of Jean Boyk. Oh, I, I like John Boyk's art in colour. I struggle to get into it as much when it's in black and white. Why is that? I don't know. See, I don't, I don't like know. the sketches. I don't. I I like the sketches and stuff, and I think. Um, choosing uh, Jason Polos to do yeah. the the, mm. the cover matches the the style of the art. So yeah, I, I would that agree they with were, that. They were, um, was a good combination there. Um, maybe the I, maybe I, I the ink the lines are too detailed. thin. Sorry. Yeah, it's it is detailed, but it's almost like all of the and I'm no expert, so I don't know if I want to explain this correctly or not. But it's like the ink work is all same same. But, like, if you look at it in colour, it looks really good. Um, but then if you – then if I look at the Heart of Darkness, there, te- there tends to be a lot more black, a lot more thicker ink and, and stuff like that, which was actually meant to be published in black and white, um, which originally was in black and white, I, I believe, from memory. So it's – I don't I don't know. I just I – just, Maybe it was because I didn't enjoy the story as much, but I I prefer John Boyd's work in colour. Okay, you're allowed to, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, uh, I guess. I, I, I do. You go, Steve. Uh, I, I'll see your point there about the difference between um, Heart of Darkness and the and the main story there. Um, the the Heart of Darkness, even though they're both in black and white, and they're both. Um, Quite dark, dark stories. stories. Um, yeah, there is an element there that seems more suited for the um, for the Heart of Darkness story, I guess. Yeah. In the way it's done. Mm. I, I guess I'd, I don't have the luxury of seeing this as a colour version. Um, I, I really quite like um, the black and white version, though, of... Uh, of yeah, I thought uh, it worked. Boyce's art. Oh, if I wanted to highlight one particular image, it's uh, the panel on the bottom left of page 11, um, where you've just got the phantom coming out of nowhere. We don't even know he's there until oh, we see yeah, yeah. massive <laughs> fist yeah. whacking this guy. So um, that that's that's almost iconic, immediately iconic. Uh, just the fist with the, the covers, the ring, yeah. Yeah, coming out of nowhere. Um, we we touched on the cover. Um, it's a it, it's, it's a different style cover. Yeah, it's immediately identifies as Jason Paulos. I thought um, in terms mm. of the, but certainly in the the four covers. I guess we're talking about today the three in particular that have been drawn: are McPherson and um, Paulos. Now, and we're going to talk about Jamie Johnson's in a moment. But um, it's almost. Um, and, and I don't mean this in any way to be critical because I actually really love it, but it's it's almost the most simplistic. Um, just yeah. just very simple lines, very few and with lines. the base colours. Yeah, and and it's it's um, I, I really quite quite enjoy this cover and the the portrayal mm. of the Phantom in the bottom left corner there. So just um, it's almost um, well, I, simplistic is a great word, but it's. The word simplistic almost makes it sound like it's not as good. But no, and I don't mean that yeah, in any way. I'm not, I, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. It's like the colours are flat, 
Um, and you know, there's not the the gradients like there is with evil forces and heaven sent. Mm. There's not the, um, you know, like the cobblestones in the background. They're all the same colour as the roof and mm. and, and and stuff. It's the artistic like that. style of it. Yeah, yeah, but I think, I think it works well with the whole with the style of the comic. Yeah, and I think that we we're lucky at the moment that we're getting this variety of um, mm. of. You know, we're talking about three yes. completely different <laughs> well, styles. Look at the three, three comics. comics. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. Whereas if you if you pick any three comics, say from Fru's 700 or 800 or 300 series, any three consecutive comics, you're basically looking at three exact same styles. And uh, yeah. we, we're getting a nice variety at the moment. So I love very um, lucky. the Phantoms... Uh, or the Phantom's uh, overcoat. It's very Wilson McCoy, you know, straight lines on the um, yeah. on the on the jacket. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you're looking at the rear cover now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's the you know like Wilson McCoy's, you know, just the straight ruler line lengths. Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, um, I won't talk about Heart of Darkness because I didn't read it. So we'll, we'll no, read the other one. Then... I like the other two. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been gone. enjoying them as well. Um, it's just amazing how how much trouble they're getting in. It's like the it's like the 1943 serial where every episode it's like, oh, he's in trouble again. What's going to happen now? <laughs> As it should be. I thought that's, you know, if you're going to have a thing in little small parts, that's the type of thing it should be. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but no, it's, I've, I've been enjoying them. Um, like we're getting, we're getting something. Like at the end of part six, Diana's in trouble. And at is the it, end of part it, seven, it's the Phantom in trouble. Is it the sort of thing that, uh, having not read um, Heart of Darkness for uh, most years. of it, <laughs> could I now just um, dip into this episode and start going, okay, I know where I'm at and, and I can enjoy the story? Uh, or have I, would that be well, like probably trying to come because... into Game of Thrones in, episode, uh, in Series 8? And, uh... <laughs> oh, it's, not, it's not quite like that. <laughs> and I think if you go into Game of Thrones in uh, season eight, you're probably only doing it to uh, watch the sex scenes and the boobs. Um, because if you really want the story, you'll probably, you would start from the beginning. Um, but right. no, I think I think you can start it now. But it definitely helps if you actually read the initial parts. Okay. All right. I'll continue to wait for the trade paperback. Um, <laughs> speaking of Looking Heart of Darkness, let, let's dip straight into that part of um, uh, issue 1837. It's from Heaven Sent. We'll talk about the cover. We'll talk about the story uh, in a moment, but we, we're currently on uh, Heart of Darkness. So in, in this issue, we've got Chapter 5, Part 7. Um, have you got anything else to add beyond what we've already talked about from 1836? No, not really. Um I, I I quite like the way that they've done Diana. Like you know, like Diana's not completely useless. Um, you know, like yeah, she still gets into a lot of trouble and stuff like that. But she's actually got a little bit of character. Anything and you need to um, add? Well, like you mentioned that uh, before about the panda being in trouble. I just couldn't remember what happened. And yeah, he, he's made a a bit of a rookie mistake there, and he's a. Uh, He's a bit stuffed. How how is he going to get out of this one? He's um he's a bit hopeless at the uh, house <laughs> right at the end there. And uh, 
the bad guys are coming in on him. So how's he going to get through this? It's, it really is a, a, a really decent cliffhanger you know, to mm. be continued. The next, hopefully it's in the next issue because, oh well, no, it's not it's in the replica. No. The replica's the next. Um, Yippee! But I um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying that the 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 heart of darkness. I really am. Yeah, I am oh. as well. All right, maybe I'll read it. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, so, from Heaven Sent, let's talk about the, the main comic and the main story, I guess. Let's start with... Uh, I'll come back to Jamie Johnson's cover, actually, because I think that the cover makes a lot more sense once you've read the story. So, we'll come back to that one. Um, <laughs> well, b- before we do, I, 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 I think the cover's fantastic in that it's got every element of the story without giving away mm. the story. Mm. All right, well, that was what I was going to come back to, so let's talk about that oh. now. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, no, you, you are right. I must admit, when I saw it, I'm thinking, why on earth has he got a little building on the front, yes. on the front page? Like, that, was, you know, that was the thing that's, yeah, for me too. So why, why have a building? Is it Was it put there to, to uh, cover up a mistake or...? or... <laughs> you know what, I'm... Didn't even notice the building. I'm just looking at the three faces. Like I know the building's there, but you're mm. not drawn to it. See, that was one of the first things I noticed. <laughs> I think I think it's a it's one of those covers that is absolutely best served by opening the whole thing out and looking at it as a um, yeah as a, as a, as a well, that's what I'm doing now. Yeah, 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 I'm and, doing the same. It, if there was one thing I would have changed, it would have been putting the bad guy on the front cover as well. Rather than him, like literally on the scene, on like, mm. like, because he, yeah, you know, no, it, works it was a fairly just yeah, yeah, I know it does, but we're looking at it. If you look at it, like, say, for instance, it being in the shelf, yeah. you've got half the guy's face. Yeah, but you got a full, um, full blown phantom, and you got the 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 girl off to the background, and it's like the old school movie type. Um, poster like yeah. yeah it could have been better to have the um to have the the bad guy in there somewhere but i don't think it's 100 percent necessary but when you, if you open up to the full thing i think it really it really it's, works well it, and i would i wouldn't get rid of that get rid of how well it works as an open thing just so we could fit the bad guys cover on the front page it is very cinematic in the way that it's um yes as a whole thing isn't mm. it and it's yeah. a much better splash portrait than the actual splash page inside the comic as well. Mm. So, so quite obviously, um, Jamie has been able to have the opportunity to read through the comic, and, and as you say, Stephen, has really drawn out um, all of the crucial elements of the story: the plane crash, the the, the snake, which uh, is probably a more minor part in the story than it, it would appear from the cover. But it's obviously a really striking image, that striking cobra. Mm. Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> I, I particularly, work. I particularly like the um, the the reflections of the camels in the water um, on the back cover. I think that's been done really well too. Yeah, yeah. I was re- I was really expecting a um, like an old school um, phantom, like a one from the Chronicle type story, I guess. When I mm. first looked at this um, cover, and was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. All right, so let's talk about the story itself, given that we, we acknowledge that the, so many, much of it is reflected, reflected <laughs> on, the, um, on the cover. 
Um, now it's, it's worth noting. Sorry, just to jump in. It's worth noting that this uh, Mikel Sol talked about this story in that interview that we've just recently done. Hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> so my comments are: I haven't heard the podcast yet, so <laughs> I might say something stupid. That's all right. <laughs> and that would be different. If I say now, something Stephen. wrong, if I say something wrong, just correct me. <laughs> all right. Um, it's worth noting that uh, it, this is a first-time um, author and a first-time artist in the Phantom um, universe, and it's not often that we see that uh, both a, a, an artist and an author both uh, contributing for the first time. Mm. And and being both first timers, like in, in the Phantom, um, I think they've done a fantastic job. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have thought that there were first timers um, doing this. I think it's a, a, a cracking story, and the art um, really at, uh, what's the word? Not appreciate. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, compliments. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Really compliments the story well. So you like you like the art. I, I must admit I yeah. really struggled to get into this art. Did you? Yeah. Um, now I don't know. You know, like I don't know. And I think sometimes when you look at a a, a team Phantom End story, you got to remember that it was originally designed for color. And you know, when you're doing a, a black and white story versus a color story, you do draw it and shade it and and um do it a little bit differently because when it's a colour, you can use colour to add in features, but if you're doing it just in black and white, you've got to use different things. So, you know, there is that, but I I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. See, I, didn't, I couldn't really get into it and I didn't really think it was that well done, in uh, my opinion. Well, for me, like, well, for example, the Angel Retribution the way that's done in black and white compared to the way this is done in black and white is chalk and cheese. Um, and the same with, um, uh, with um, The Heart of Darkness. With, um, with those other two stories, it's very much a lot of black and a little bit of white to give it those dark mm. tones, whereas reading this, um, there's not much black and a lot more yeah. white, and I guess because of, you know... And because it's in the desert as well. Yeah. And, but, yeah, I think because of um, the setting having uh, that more clear space actually gives it that desert setting. It's, it's yeah. the sun's beating down. It's very um, true. light. Um, so, yeah, that's – and, yeah, I thought having it done that way without, you know, a lot of darkness, a lot of black um, really uh, worked for it. Yeah, that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Very open art style, which I, which I didn't um – didn't hate by any stretch of imagination. I quite enjoyed. I, I guess um, from a story perspective, uh, I like to see the Phantom. I like to read a Phantom comic, and and I, I understand that he's Mr. Walker for for most of this. But it's not until um, the twentieth page of a twenty-two page story that he even puts the mask on, um, and the very last page before we see twenty-two him, pages. Yeah. On the twenty-second, you said the twentieth. Yeah. On the twentieth page of a twenty-two page story. No, it was on the twenty-second page. It puts the mask on. Oh, it's page twenty-two, but it's the twentieth page <laughs> of the story because page one of the story is page three of the book. So, um, so anyway, keep going. Anyway, it's only three pages short at the end before he even puts the mask on, 
and the very last page before we even see him in costume. Yeah. So um, not a lot of Phantom as such in this story. I And I think, you know, if this was your first ever Phantom comic that you picked up, it would be uh, a bit bizarre. Um, yeah, you're right on that. On, on that. And I think I've been critical on that in other stories where the fan doesn't appear until, like, one or two pages from the end. Um, yeah. But I felt it kind of worked in this. Like, yeah. I like to see the fan and be human at times and, and be a bit vulnerable. And, yeah. Um, but Which still this does a good job of. Yeah. You know, this um, this story reminded me a lot of um, the Phantom's World stories we've been seeing, particularly the Italian stories. Um, just the, um, just just the style, I guess, of the artwork and, and we've, that that light that we've been talking about, but also um, just more of a pretty simple storyline. And again, I'm not being critical when I use that word, um, but just uh, just not quite the not quite the depth and the detail that we see hmm. from. Um, yeah. Well, it's certainly no... not it's certainly not overwritten. Like some of yeah, I think, what Clayster and Mithy can do, and <laughs> yeah, there's no real plot twist and twist or anything like that. It's it's fairly straightforward, um, which is can be um, a relief from some of the other stuff. You don't want to see simple, simplistic stories like this all the time. Hmm. Um, but after the stuff we've been getting with Angel Retribution and the Evil Forces, where everything's just so dark and what's going yeah, on, and whatever, true. having something a bit more open, a bit more light, a bit more straightforward. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I thought it was. I thought it was a, a nice time to to yeah. bring this story in. Yeah. I think in the uh, in the interview, Mikel was saying about how it's hard, how he's been writing the stories, and then how he was finding it hard to. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but how he'd write a little bit at a time and until he gets the whole script. So maybe you know, it, when you're not doing the stories full time, in a sense. And you know you're having to do your other jobs, and you're only able to do like a panel at a time, or a couple of panels, and then go back to another job and stuff like that. We will see it. You know, you are more likely to see using the, that word again, simpler stories rather than a more complex with the huge twists and all that, which probably takes a little bit more time to do. Um, what? Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't mind. The fact that the Phantom wasn't in his costume the whole time, I guess it probably could have worked if he, you know, if he, um, you know, like at least the bottom bit and stuff like that. So, like, instead of instead of them being normal trousers and boots, it could have been, even if it was the Phantom's bottom bit. So, you know, he could have, like, wore that underneath his Mr. Walker garb. But that's pretty unpractical when you're in a plane in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Um, I, the bad guys, I just, I really, I, I couldn't get into the bad guys. Yeah, they um, were an odd partnership, weren't they? Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, I liked the fact that, you know, there's, well, I don't like the fact, but, you know, there was the real elements like domestic violence and, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. So it wasn't afraid to touch upon real elements and it to play a, yeah, it to play an, an integral part as part of the story. 
Um, what do you guys think about the whole um, jungle saying, the whole uh, he who looks upon the phantom's face will die? Well, that just opens up um, the possibility for this character coming back and dying. Maybe not uh, lasting and um, too long into the future, or maybe she does, and then we get used to her being around, and then oh, what the hell happened there? You know, we forget yeah. that she saw. The... So um, yeah. Now, because my my original thought was, oh, you know, but it's only those people that are that are that are bad get to die. But the actual jungle saying is, anyone who looks upon the phantom's face mm. would die a horrible death. Apart from like the, yeah. yeah, there's been the understanding that not Diana, not the kids, but uh, but that is the saying that anyone who does, and mm. and we've seen that come. I'll use that word again, come to fruition in this story with um, the the bad guys who do actually see him and then they do die a horrible death. Um, mm. So, I, I don't know, yeah. I think it's yeah. more interesting placement that it's in the last panel when they talk yeah. about the fact that she's seen him. Um, that, yeah. that, that in the last panel, in my opinion, makes the whole story. Yeah. Now, I was thinking about... You, you use the word the twist and stuff like that. I was thinking, it, you know, looking at it in hindsight, and I don't really know how it would work or whether you could quite make it or something, but the cobra spat the venom in the phantom's uh, bandage on his eyes. Now, it would be cool if they died because they touched the cobra's venom and then that was how they died rather than being <laughs> shot. Because that would just put that extra element, mm. that extra curse of that they died, you know. And there's a natural cause, a natural That's not explanation. A bad idea, but you know that, like, that would have just added to the whole mystery of dying a horrible death. Mm. Mm. Maybe you need to be a uh, story consultant. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you know how to reach me. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else we want to talk about with From Heaven Sent? Um, nope. no, not a great deal. I'll, I'll, like I said before, I was going to um, mention that when I picked this up, I picked up that Batman thing. And I think the, the, the covers, I, think, I can't remember who did the cover of the Batman one, but I think I prefer Jamie Johnson. Um, but having said that, it was free comic book day yesterday. My local comic shop mm. had a special on um, trade paperbacks. And I, I know I, I kind of um, razzed on Batman fans earlier, and maybe they they won't like what I say next either. But um, <laughs> I, I found out. Well, we'd heard about this Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover that is it Freddie Williams did the um, yeah. artwork for. Well, I picked those up, and um, my goodness, what a get it was for free to get Freddie Williams. His stuff is fantastic, and. If was if having him do that cover for Phantom brought people in who you know know his stuff from Batman or knew his stuff from the Turtles or whatever, well then by all means get him in again because <laughs> mm. um if because like you say people a lot of comic um they go readers, the artists and, yeah they, mm. they they follow the artists or follow um uh, writers so if you can get those high profile artists in doing the Phantom then. More, more luck to you, Fruit, because um, I think that's great. Very and, it was, and, and the, and the, the Batman-Turtle stories, 
the both of them. They were you know good fun things, a lot less take yourself so serious type ones, and actually remember what a comic is and you know a fun adventure story. All right, well, anyway. speaking of fun adventure stories, um, that's what we've got in the issue 1838 of Fru, the Collector's Replica Series number 19. Hard to believe we're up to 19 already. Um, yeah. Counting backwards from 200, and we're back to issues 145, 144, and 143. And this really is when, um, for mine, uh, Lee Falk was probably doing some of his some of his best work in the 1950s, um, or the or in the 1940s, um, we've got the Tiger Girl from with art by Wilson McCoy, Phantom's Treasure with art by Ray Moore and Princess Valerie, or or, or part two anyway of Princess Valerie, <laughs> um, as Fru tended to do at the time. Um, and again, that's art by Ray Moore. So um, I really enjoy this this era of Lee Fork story, and and that was a fun adventure story. And and these also one of the things. And I guess that's possibly what I've been missing in the Fru stories lately. Um, set in the jungle. That's that's right. <laughs> the Phantom comes from the Bengala jungle. He's in the deep woods, and we see him there in these stories. So um, that's a bit I, novel. I, I know we're not going to harp on this because they are the replicas and that sort of stuff. But uh, uh, it's almost it's almost a um, a breath of fresh air or a um, uh, you know. Is it fresh roots. air or stale air? Well, it's almost fresh again. You know, we've we've I've been Rasputin is getting stale. Um, it, it, <laughs> I, I do genuinely. Um, it, it's almost like going back to, uh, I guess that, that you, you come for your old shoes or you, you relax in your bed or whatever to go. Oh, that's right. This is this is comfortable, and I know that's lazy and I know, and whatever. But it's <laughs> these are the sorts of stories that made me fall in love with the Phantom. Um, I, I must fair, admit, Dan, I've been hankering for a, a good jungle story myself. So yeah, yeah, take mm. him back to the deep woods for crying out loud. Fair enough. So, have you guys noticed that uh, for the past oh, ten, fifteen issues of the replicas, the logos have um, been different colours? They tend to do it every ten issues or something, don't they? No, not the cover, the actual logo. So where it says the Phantom, but for the last. A dozen or half a dozen or something. If you look at the run sheet, I've included a link which has them all there. Yeah, it wasn't working for me when I clicked on it. I thought um, they were pretty much all different pretty much since the start. Haven't we had 19 different colours for 19 different books? I'm not sure if they're all different. Okay, but rotation have, you, have you noticed that they've all been different logo colours? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Logo different colours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, even the, the slip cases, there's lots of different... Um, mm. Color versions and slipcases. Slip I don't think you can order the different colors. Um, I think it's just luck of the draw what you get. <laughs> mm. And so this is number 19. They yep. changed cover at, what was it, number 10 before? So number 20, we might see the third different. Or, or 21, maybe, that will be the third one. Because I think 1 to mm -hmm. 10 was all the same. Maybe 11 to 20 will be all the same. And then we'll see for 21. I, I kind of hope we do see a new one at 21. Um, yeah. If they're going to continue with Expecting this, they might it. as well at least mix it up a bit. Mm. And and Eden Small must be getting um, tired of signing the um, Signature Series books every time they do one of these. <laughs> he's got to sign it again. So <laughs> Steve yeah. Shepard, I think, signed the first ones because he took the photo of the uh, monkey's bust. 
Um, Eden Smalls has at least done the, uh, the sculpture that they've taken the photo of here. It'll be interesting to see what they do. That's it. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they could do like a, a cosplay or something like that. I wonder if that would be an idea. Ah, get Philip Vincent in. Do you reckon um, to to wear his phantom garb and uh, pose for? A yeah, film? I don't know. Just yeah. a different one. And then maybe they could do so. It's still him for the next ten issues or something. But instead of the same pose, you can do like a, yeah. you know, maybe ten different poses or something like that. So it keeps every issue a little bit fresh rather than the same cover for the next 10, it's the same, you know, it's, yeah, Philip, you know, or, or whoever or whatever of the cosplay, you know, there was a female uh, phantom cosplayer as well, you know, you could, I don't know, just just, just spitballing a couple of random ideas. All right, well, Dudley, if you're listening, um, phantom consultant number one, Jermaine, has got some more <laughs> ideas for you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that pretty much brings us to an end of the comics that we've got to review. We've already heard from uh, Mikkel and the Alder Fantelman stories. Those are the last four frues that we've seen. Um, as we've mentioned, the next giant size or Kid Phantom will probably be out by the time we manage to get this uh, published for you, so we'll get that in the next one. Um, that's all and the news. It's not midnight yet. And it's well, not midnight yet. We've, we've done well. Um, anything else we'd like to add, boys, about... Uh, no. Anything I reckon we'll let's, let's, let's sign off so it'll be under two hours. <laughs> All right, that'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a novel idea. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I did like how you, uh, you assured Stephen it was going to be somewhere between 60 and 80 minutes. And I, I thought, thought Ripper. Yeah, and I thought Liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if I'd known you were going to run it, I would have said, oh, two hours, easily. <laughs> <laughs> ah, touche. All right, well... Um, that's that's it from us. Um, as we've said, sort of at the start, make sure that uh, if you if you like what you're hearing and you'd like to support what we do, we would really appreciate anyone contributing any extra dollars. Now that the uh, the uh, Kickstarter campaign is finished and you might have an extra $5 a month or something that you can throw away, um, certainly jump on the Patreon. It's worth your while, not just for the P3, but as we said, the uh, the Don Newton competition, which will be drawn at the end mm. of this month. Um, Which is a cracking book. It really is. It's it's worth uh, it's worth having a go at. Um, the the Phantom Preservation Project continues to grow over the last little while. We've added a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not going to go through all of it, um, but uh, the the important uh, the big ones, I suppose, would be things like the Friends of the Phantom newsletters. Uh, we've added another five of those in the last little while. Um, looking to hopefully in the near future be able to add the whole complement of those newsletters, which were mm. uh, just fantastic reading. Um, the other big one I think recently has been the the PDF version of the Johnson's Official Phantom Price Guide, which lots of people do have, I suppose, but. Um, to have a digital version, and they're not available very much anymore. It's 71 pages, and uh, to be able to access that and to go through and, and sort of look at what your collection or elements of your collection might have been worth or or what Nigel Johnson thought they might have been worth uh, <laughs> back in the early 2000s, um, amongst a whole bunch of other stuff. So check on um, the index. Uh, if you go to chroniclechamber.com and look at the preservation link which is towards the top of the page there that'll lead you to the index and um, honestly you'll be amazed at all of the stuff that is there and available to mm. you if you became a, uh, a patreon 
Um, I've just mentioned it there, but chroniclechamber.com is obviously where you can see the stuff that we do. Um, anything that you'd like to get in touch with us about is via chroniclechamber at gmail.com. You can email us there and uh, more than happy to listen to what you have got to suggest about what we should be doing or what we could be doing, etc., etc. Um, also, hit us or up if you want to complain about us bagging all the no, Scandinavians. No, if, you, if you are from Scandinavia and you'd like to complain, uh, email germ.parker at gmail.com. Uh, that email won't actually go through to me, but never mind. I've given them an address to whinge to, so um, that's all right. They don't... Um, um, pledge on Kickstarter, they're not going to bother to write an email. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, this will be the last time we bag you guys. Yeah, We've I done it once. That, don't know that it will be. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I apologise now to all of our fans in Sweden for the, uh, the kicking that I've given you over the course of the last two hours. Um, it's uh, only partially justified. Um, <laughs> The social media links where you can go and um, put cranky faces on our posts and thumbs down on the things that we say and unlike us and unfriend us, those are on Facebook. Uh, Chronicle Chamber Phantom fan page is where we're at or the Phantom Collector group is the other one that we administer there. So uh, get along and have a look at what goes up on there. There's lots of great stuff if you're following the Phantom. Uh, Twitter, we're on there at Chronicle Tweets is what you need to follow or on Instagram at Chronicle Chamber, and of course you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or your favourite podcast app, um, Podbeam, CastBox, Player FM, those are some of the ones that we are aware of. There's probably a whole bunch of other ones. I'm not sure if we're on Spotify. I'll have to get my kids to check to see if we're on Spotify. Um, is anyone here aware of anything that we've had to do to get us on there or anything? Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. That's no, so, not a bad idea, though. I'll have to look at that. Yeah, I'll, I'll get my kids to look. They're on Spotify. Um, I'll get them to search us up and see if we're on there. If we're not, maybe it's something we'll look into. If it costs us money, we'll need more Patreons. So we'll see how we go. Um, as it stands, guys, it's been a pleasure to talk about these three comics with you for two hours. And um, no wonder we don't do this. Four more comics. Often. <laughs> oh, it was. It was four comics. That's right. <laughs> plus the plus the three that. Mikel did as well. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, um, so Mikhail, he can do. If you're talking about social do... media, um, Jeff Wiggles just posted up his Sunday's Sunday up there for today, which he for does do you... now because Comics Kingdom is such oh. a dog's breakfast of a website. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so have you noticed that Mikel can review three comics in seven minutes? And, and apologise for us... so long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it takes us two hours to do four comics. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Um, hopefully, it got it. It got you to your commute to and work, uh, to and from work for a day or two. <laughs> All right. Well, that said, thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Um, enjoy the rest of your of your May month and whatever fandom stuff comes through for you. And uh, until next time, happy phantoming. Happy phantoming. Happy phantoming. Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The man the ghost who walked, the man 
the phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. He finds 